Boom! There it is, ladies and gents. We are back. It is December. We got the Christmas hat going on, and we're going to talk about finding some diamonds in the rough. So let's get this show on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! All right, there are too many coaches, consultants, and service providers out there that are struggling to find their diamond clients. Maybe they lack clarity or direction. Maybe they need a laser-focused strategy, and not having that is causing them to feel overworked or burnt out. If that sounds like you, then this episode is for you. Today's guest is here to help us maximize our profits, find those diamond clients without advertising costs, wasting time, or any of that extra fluff. Let's hear how she's helping us find a clear and frustration-free path to success. Welcome to the show, John all right diamonds in the rough gian welcome to the program thank you what what an i i don't know how to follow all that fanfare i i think i'll just <laughs> i think i'll just quit now <laughs> as long as you got a smile on your face that's what we're doing here we're having some fun all right, let's let's do this. Um, I talked to, uh, I've recorded over a thousand episodes. Talked to over eight hundred different entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants, and mentors are probably uh, high up there in the top of the list of people who come on the show. Uh, I always talk about how the people who come on the show are looking for attention. They want to get more clients. They're struggling to find that next good client. Um, and I say next good client because sometimes finding the next client is is easy. Finding a good client that'll make your business worth waking up to every day, that's a whole different ball game. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about how you got into this space. Where did you start? Why coach coaches? Well, actually, I was coaching all sorts of businesses for around eight years offline. Some of them were coaches, some were service providers, some were consultants, but I also did a lot of brick and mortar and also CEOs because I'm a certified executive leadership coach. But when I got online a little bit over three years ago, I realized I, that there are just thousands of coaches and consultants and online service providers who are just literally suffering because they don't know how to get clients. So I was like, well, you know what? Why don't I help them? And it, it's been amazing because I've managed to help hundreds of coaches and consultants and a few service providers to scale and to have healthy, sustainable businesses, put food on the table and more, where a lot of them are ready to give up. So when I got online, I knew nothing about online marketing because I was more an expert on the offline, you know, networking kind of old way of doing things, you know, having to see people in the real world, put clothes on, you know, good clothes, we all put clothes on, but good clothes on, dress up, I mean, drive somewhere, meet a few people, credit, you know, the, the card, business card, follow up. And that, that system is very limited. That won't work uh, to bring in a steady stream of clients. So when I realized I could get online and do marketing that, you know, I'm not 
paying for ads. I didn't even know that existed a little over three years ago. So I thought, wow, this is, this is good. I can do this thing. So I became really adept at that very quickly. And I cracked the code and I figured out exactly. And I'm, you know, I'm always researching. I've gotten stronger and stronger and I have a team now. And I started showing people how to get clients simply with this, you know, steady stream without doing, you know, always waiting for a launch or waiting to run ads or the funnel and, and all that real anxiety about the fact that the ads don't work like they used to, you know, that, that, that lottery ticket doesn't work anymore. So what I've done is I've helped people just to every day, learn how to get clients every day. And I do call them diamond clients because you're right. A diamond client is a client that, you know, pays you because you're good at what you do. They don't nickel and dime you. They're grateful and they get results and you love working with them. So that's my goal is to get people those great clients. Let me ask you about those great clients, because a lot of times I feel like, uh, especially when you're early in business, what you're trying to do is to get a client, right? You got to put food on the table. You got to pay those bills. They don't care whether you have clients or not. The bills are going to show up uh, all the time. And uh, a lot of new entrepreneurs who get into this space start taking on anybody who's willing to pay. And what I find after talking to a lot of different entrepreneurs is that tends to be like almost the fatal flaw in their business. Because at one point they're going to wake up and they're going to not look forward to having the conversation with that client, not look forward to that meeting next that next day. They're going to start to find excuses why they're not going to show up on a regular basis. And that's just the beginning of that downfall. Mm-hmm. We hear it often where we want to find clients that are good, that are good fit, that we should be able to say no to certain clients and say yes to the clients that are mm-hmm. our, our diamond clients. But how do you get them past that beginning part, that initial hurdle of, hey, man, I got to put food on the table. I got to take I got to do some work that maybe I don't want to do. Uh, when does that transition happen? What, what are some of those things that I need to do? to first just get people in the door, period, and then maybe start getting a little picky on who I work with. Right. Now, that's smart because I'll tell you, when I first started coaching, if somebody had a pulse, I would coach them. If they fogged up a mirror, I would coach them. So, But I feel like that was what we had to do when we were offline because you did not have the millions of people, billions, but millions of people to choose from. So we were like, well, you know, I went out to this networking event and I met 10 people and I guess one could be a pretty good client or a client at all. And they go, okay. And you're like, well, okay, I need the client. So I'll take the client. And you might not be thrilled about the client, but you know, you're going to give that client, you're going to do a good job. Um, but what I feel is that online, yeah, sure. When you're first starting, just take any client, right? The first couple of clients, you shouldn't be like, oh, so picky. But what happens is what you said, people keep the bar so low that they're ruining their happiness by continuing to take those clients forever. So the way you transition is that you have a steady stream of leads. And I call it when people don't have a steady stream of leads and they don't have that choice, you're client poor. And if you're client poor, you're going to take anything that comes along. So what you want to do is you want to get beyond the client poverty by getting a steady stream of leads that puts you in a position of power and confidence that you can say, no, I'm sorry, we're not a fit because you know there's another client around the corner. The reason why people continually take clients that are not a good fit is because they don't have a steady stream of leads in place. So they're desperate. Um, 
So I'm going to ask you this. I learned in real estate, um, for us in, in the real estate business, becoming a listing agent was vitally important because you would hold the inventory in the business and you can pick up more clients that way. Um, and we talk about having enough time. You you have, uh, being a, a, an agent that is a listing agent versus a buyer agent has more time on their plate. They have more control. They're a little bit pickier and they can maintain a certain number of homes in inventory so that they become a business that has cash flow versus cash spurts. Right. Right. But again, it comes back to how do I find these clients? How do I get there? So you talked about transitioning from traditional marketing to online marketing. What are some of those strategies and tactics that you've taken the fundamentals from the traditional way of doing things to the online way of doing things? Okay. Great question. Great question. Because it's not like it's so completely different. It's still, you're still using the same business concepts like follow up. You still have to follow up. And I think what happens is people get online and they think it's like a gold mine. I mean, it is a gold mine, but I think they think it's like, you know, a magic wand. I'm online. All these people are just going to flock to me. But I was just talking to somebody two days ago, how the business concept of you don't expect to put your shingle up. Remember the old days, we'd say you put your shingle up and they think everybody's going to flock to you, right? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. No. But it's the same online. So it's the same rules. It's just you're doing it in a different space. So you still have to put your shingle up and market to have people beat a path to your doorway online. You don't just go, oh, I'm online and everybody's going to come to me. Because the same way that you were offline and people did just come to you. But the beauty of online is there's millions more people. And you can just be you know, have access to so many more people rather than the minimal access we used to have because we were governed by how many people and who turned up to a networking event, right? Or to a BNI meeting or to a party or, you know, wherever you're going to meet these people. You had to meet them somewhere offline, right? Some a networking event or something. So we were very, very limited. So yes, you still have to follow up and people are like, you know, follow up still is king. You got to follow up. So how you transition is you're now placing yourself online. You have access to a lot more people on a daily basis and you don't have to, you know, I made over $2 million without having to leave sitting in front of my computer, you know, which is great. Obviously I get out of the house, but what I mean is I don't have to drive around and do all that limited kind of demoralizing because you're limited. You're like, okay, I'm going to go to this networking event. Who's going to be there? Maybe there'll be one or two. Then you got to follow up. They might not want to be your client. Bang, you got to start that over again. Online, it's a steady stream because you continually, and I'm not against networking events. I do some, you know, virtual ones every now and then, but I wouldn't count on that to run my business. Those are punctuations. Those events, launches, events, networking events, virtual events, those are punctuations in your business. You don't count. You count on basically the, the, the philosophy I hold is that you should be able to sign a client up any minute of any day, unless you're not working on weekends. And even some weekends, people say, I really, really want to sign up with you. Would you accept me? Could we get on a call? I'm like, okay, sure. I'll get on a call on a Saturday and make an exception because I'm proving to myself that I can sign somebody up at any moment of any day. And that is when you have a healthy business. When you are not waiting, you're not waiting for a launch. You're not waiting. So how do you do this? You get a really good airtight organic strategy in place. What does that involve? You're going to ask that, so I'll answer it already. So it involves figuring out 
First of all, you first got to figure out who you're serving. I call that your diamond client avatar. Because if you are looking to get a client that's not going to be a fit and you manage to sell them, because sometimes we do sell people that are not a fit, you know, because some, some people are really good salespeople, right? But the fact is you've got to know that the person you are reaching out to in the first place is that person. So now we have a really good start. We know maybe, maybe personally they won't, but we know at least there's certain traits. We know what they're doing and we know we have the highest chance possible of that person being a diamond client because we've already worked that out. Then you have a really good offer in place. I call it an irresistible grand slam offer where people would feel stupid saying no to you. That's the level your offer has to be at that they will feel dumb saying no because you've shown them results. You're giving them all sorts of, you know, great guarantee. The ROI is there. They love your manner. They love your team. They know it's gonna work and they have low anxiety about investing. Big key point. You as a person, a coach, consultant, service provider, it's your job that the people that are going to sign up with you have a low anxiety. If they're full of anxiety that this is like a risk, but I just don't know, that doesn't help the work together. So you want to really get the anxiety down as far as coming in and the investment. So that's two things. Then you've got, you know, your avatar, you've got a great offer, irresistible, no brainer offer, feel stupid saying no to, I have one of those offers. Okay. People literally sit there and think, I feel dumb to say no to this, you know? Okay. Then you figure out, and I help, I help. We figure out which platform and we don't do all at once. We don't do YouTube, podcast, write a book, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, email, website, SEO. We don't do all that at once. You pick one thing. Actually, I did a video on this on my Instagram. If you guys want to check it out. And basically you do one thing and you master that one thing. So you do one platform, one offer, and you figure out that platform. And I became a master at Facebook and I, I waited. I just thought, no, everybody's like, you should go on these other. Like, nope. And I made more money sticking to one platform because I got so good at it. Then I integrated LinkedIn. Now I have two plates, but I didn't drop Facebook. Now I become an expert on LinkedIn. Then I waited. Then I integrated Instagram. Now we have three platforms I'm an expert at, which I didn't sort of willy-nilly learn. I was very, very invested and focused when I was learning it. So that's how you do it. One thing, one thing, one thing, master, rinse and repeat, add another thing, rinse and repeat, add another. What a great way to lay it down on here. Because we got a Facebook question too that says, uh, this might be a good question to ask. How do you get clients through podcasting, right? And so for us... For us, it's always been one of those things where um, I heard Gary Vee early on talk about how if you're in business, you should have some sort of content strategy. He said something like video or podcasting. I decided to go into podcasting, and this is the one thing that I did as my content strategy for <laughs> almost five years now that I've been at this thing. And it's it's exactly how you're describing it. I've become really good at it. Our show books out 10 weeks in advance. This is exactly how we are developing our email list because we want mm -hmm. to grow uh, an email list of entrepreneurs. So we did a show where we're talking to who? The entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and then I love how you're describing the offer because that's exactly what uh, Alex Ramosi talks about in his $100 million offer book. Yes. Create that offer that's simply irresistible, that they have no problem exactly that people will feel dumb saying no to. Right. And that's, right. that's really what it comes down to. How do you get people to listen to you? And then how do you present them with something that they're not going to say no to? Um, 
Talk to me a little bit about your Facebook strategy. How does that differ from when you moved over to LinkedIn? Okay, so it's basically all the um, platforms are very similar. They're similar platforms, but you just got to learn the language. So it's like a different country. So I see Facebook as Facebook country. Okay, and I had to learn Facebook language to talk in Facebook country. Okay, so then I go to another country next door called LinkedIn. I'm still going to be able to talk in there. I just got to learn the dialect in LinkedIn. So basically what you're doing is you're not saying, oh, I don't like that platform. What you're saying is I'm an intelligent person and I'm adaptable because by the way, that is the primary intelligence of human beings is adaptability. To adapt is the primary intelligence since the caveman days. They had to adapt. And so what you say is, okay, I don't know that platform yet, but I will adapt to it and I will learn it. And I think this kind of openness with something new is that is how you frame it. I don't know how to do that, but I'm adaptable and I will learn that language. So it's really just how you're interacting. The content is, a, you know, has to be a little different because it's shorter, right? And how you're interacting on LinkedIn is slightly different. You know, Facebook's a little more casual. Instagram's another whole thing altogether. But you have to learn the different dialects, let's just say. Instead of language is dialect, because let's say it's all English, but it's a different dialect. And when you see it that way, then you're framing it and you're, you're prepared. Okay, I'm going to another country now, another region. It's called LinkedIn region. And I'm going to learn that dialect. Now I'm going to go in this. I'm going to learn that dialect. Now you've got three dialects. Now, how many people speak more than one language? Many. So when you have an openness to speaking more than one language or doing more than one thing, but not all at the same time, okay, that's how you are layering your business and having new marketing avenues, okay? Now, you did a great job because you decided I'm doing one marketing thing and I'm going to master that. And you have because you're doing this five years. Clearly, you're good at it, right? So you did exactly what I said. This is organic marketing, what you're doing, podcast, all right? Because you're not paying for advertising. And you chose, you picked an avenue and you mastered it and you didn't say to yourself, we're going to do that, but we're also going to go on LinkedIn. Of course, you're on YouTube because it probably streams to YouTube, right? Or you, you put it on YouTube, but that's part of, your, part of your strategy. It's not, it's, it's together. It's not also doing ads on LinkedIn, uh, on, I'm um, sorry, YouTube. So you didn't say, let's do this. And also we're going to hit TikTok at the same time. Although TikTok was, was it around five years ago? I think it was not I even. I think it was musically back then. I think it was pretty new around four years ago. But anyway, you didn't go, we're going to do all of this. And you, you said, we're picking a lane. And then you did related things that, that, that supported your one marketing avenue. So you did, I, I applaud you. You did exactly what I teach that you pick one. You don't have to pick podcasting, but, and you don't have to pick Facebook, but you pick one and then you master it. And the mastery is up to the people. That could be a few months. That could be, I took longer because when you're, when you're focusing, focus is what makes you money. I was focusing. Facebook was working so well. I thought if I take focus away, I'm watering down, watering down my efforts. So we got that going and I got a little bit of help. I got, got my first VA. Then I said, okay, now I have help. Now we're going to hit LinkedIn, but I wasn't doing it all myself. Let me, let me ask you about, um, the engagement strategy because I've noticed um, a lot of people get into the whether it's creating content and maybe they good good at creating content. Um, mm -hmm. They make some videos that maybe go a little viral here and there or they got some mm -hmm. traction, uh, but they lack an engagement. 
right? And and for for me, like uh, somebody asked me the other day, you know, you get these things online all the time about, hey, do you want to have you know ten thousand followers, hundred thousand followers? I feel like that that number of follower count is not as important today because you can essentially buy it, right? But what really matters is the engagement. Are people sharing your content? Are they saving your content? Are they sending you DMs? Are you doing that? You know, so I'm I'm wondering, uh, as part of your strategy, whether you go on these platforms, how often were you in the DMs, sending comments, actually engaging with people as your follow-up process? Because, you know, like you said earlier, follow-up is probably the most important thing Mm -hmm. you could possibly do in business. Yes, yes. All the time is the answer. All the time. Continual, consistent and persistent engagement, messaging, content, putting hand raisers. The thing is, I was on Instagram and I had hardly any followers. Okay. I had no engagement almost. And I was getting clients on there. So yes, it's people are too worried about the likes. Somebody liking your stuff, that person might never work with you. Okay. But somebody actually stalking you, they stalk. People stalk. They don't engage often. So there are people that are not engaging that are just checking you out and they don't like, they don't comment, but then they book a call and you think it's out of the blue, but then you get on a call and they go, I've been watching you for two years. I've never heard of them because they were not engagers. So yes, engagement's great, but I know a lot of people that have many followers, lots of engagement. They are not getting clients. So one does not mean the other. It's how masterful you are if you do get engagement at making that engagement work, or you might have a lot of people in your network that are not your avatar. So they'll engage, but you would never be able to get them as a client anyway, because they're just not your market. So having a high, high engagement from people that don't matter, I mean, not matter that they matter, but the people that are never, ever going to work with me, that's nice, but it's not going to convert. So people are missing the piece of the conversion. So it's all important and it's all it's all important, yet some of it's not as important as people think. Does that make sense? And as far as buying followers, you're buying bots. So there's still no engagement. And if you're doing that because you want everybody to go, wow, you got so many followers. I mean, you're living, you know, 10 years ago now. I mean, it, we, we got over that a long time ago because we all know that you could go get followers and try to make yourself look good if you want. However, it will kill your account because once there's bots on your account, it just, it, it kills it. You're going to get, you know, Instagram knows their bots. So you're, you're going to get no you're throttled down for sure. You're, you're going to get all sorts of punishment. So if you're feeling like, you know, you're going to buy all that because you want to look good, it's not going to help you. What's going to, what's going to work is content that is amazing where you're actually, you know, helping people. I don't mean provide value. I'm so tired of hearing provide value, provide value to me is so weak that it's like, wow, when people say provide value, they're not providing value to me because that's like, what kind of value? How valuable is the value? How my thing is help people, give them helpful, doable information that's going to have the information they can use. That's what, what to me is value. So let me ask you, do you have a specific strategy in when you create content pieces where you have um, like a, a design or a template that you're that you're kind of sticking to in creating your organic content to get somebody to take the action that that diamond client to actually move forward with you? Okay, so first of all, I'm not one of those people. I've never, ever, ever liked a 30 day content calendar because to me, I'll give you an example. 30-day content calendar, COVID starts. 
you're still going to post all those posts that you had you had planned a month before COVID started. You know, you'd have to go in, right? And when that happened, I thought that's why I don't want like because what I want. Yes, we plan. We aren't that good at planning because I found when you're keyed into what's going on that week, it's actually better because when we have planned content, sometimes I look at it and I go, wow, that really wasn't timely because we planned that two weeks ago. Okay. So yet we do plan, but yet we don't. We'll plan and then we'll move it around and say, hey, we got to put this today. So as far as content that converts, yes, we do have various types of content that we use. Um, you can't always be selling to people. People want to see you're a human being. So we put some of my lifestyle on there, even if my lifestyle is just, you know, eating salmon, you know, it doesn't have to be. It, sure enough, I do have some stuff on. I was on a jet this week. So I thought, oh, I'm actually on a jet, you know, and it's kind of a joke to me because it's kind of like the cliche of the person. And we were making a joke about it that I'm walking on the jet. And, Hi, I'm on the jet. But it's sort of like tongue in cheek for me. It really is at this point, you know, and the Lambo and all of that. Um, so we kind of make fun of that because most of mine, I'm wearing a T-shirt and a, and a, you know, I'm wearing a T-shirt and a baseball cap talking to the camera, you know. So, you know what I mean? A little bit above what you're wearing now. <laughs> so the point it's is. it's new and it's fun, right? It's new. It's, that's the thing. It's authentic. And, and, you know, when I'm on my, in my T-shirt and this, and there are people like, oh, I love it. It's so real. And, you know. Sometimes I'm dressing up when I'm putting the baseball cap on. You know? So I'm like, this is me dressing up, actually. So what people really want to see is they want to see you're human. They want to see you have a life. They want to see that everything you're doing is not fake and that you haven't set all that up. And, you know, I actually was getting on the jet. I didn't set that up. You know, I didn't hire a jet to walk onto the jet. I was actually going somewhere. So, of course, I took a video of that, right? Because like the one time I'm on a jet. I'll be on it again, but you know what I mean? So it's really about mixing it up that you're human, giving helpful, uh, you know, information, tips, strategies, mindset that people feel like, yeah, that was, that was worth listening to that one minute. I I'm glad I didn't waste my life on that minute. Right. But then you have to have certain posts that are hand raisers where it's like, Hey, who here wants this? And they go, well, I do. And, and that's where you get the engagement. Okay, but you're also going out and starting conversations. So it's sort of like if you're at a party, you don't go to the party and say, well, I am so beautiful. I am so popular. I am so handsome that I'm going to walk into this party and I'm just going to stand there and people are going to come up and talk to me. That to me is very egotistical, right? From anybody's point of view, no matter who you are, no matter how drop dead gorgeous and charismatic and amazing you are. You're still going to go into a party and talk to people and seek people out and say, hello, my name is Jeanne Amlor. How are you? You know, that has to also happen online. You don't sit around waiting for people to choose you. You have to choose yourself in every aspect of your life, actually, right? Every aspect of your life, you have to choose yourself. Yeah. And you have to decide that that's what you want to do. And I think that's, that's probably one of the hardest things in this whole social media space is being the proactive one to go out and, and, and say some stuff. We're so used to just hitting the like button uh, that we've kind of like, it, it doesn't really phase us anymore. Right. I, I always, I always uh, try to tell people who are starting this whole online space who've, who were of the, uh, of the mindset that, you know, I don't need to post everything. Um, I'm not, I'm not a social media person, but then they wonder why their customers aren't finding them. 
Uh, one mm -hmm. of the first things I can tell them to do is to just be genuine. Find posts that are interesting instead of scrolling by, actually say something. Yes. Comment on their feeds. People are posting for one reason and one reason only, and that is to have a attention. And if you're the one right. giving somebody attention, that is the greatest social currency that you have to offer. Give it freely and it will come back to you in huge abundance. Don't just kind of be that swiper that looks all the time actually engage with people, you will get that engagement back. And I love the hand yeah. raising ones, but that yes. is probably one of the best things, uh, pieces of advice that I've, I've got on this show that I know I should be doing and I don't do enough of who wants. And let me see if you can raise right. your hand on that. Right. Cause that's exactly. so huge. That's literally a huge. call to action without being so salesy. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, Go yeah, ahead. As, as, we, as we're finishing up our time, I want to make sure I give you time to let people know how to get a hold of you as well. But finish your thought sure. and then let me know how people can get a hold of you if they want to work with you. Sure. Actually, the thought was finished by you beautifully. We think together. <laughs> so, um, okay, you can reach out to me on jeanamlore.com. You can go to Instagram. It's jeanamlore. Facebook is jeanamlore. LinkedIn, it's all my name. So I made it very simple. Just Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, my website. Um, I've got some wonderful reviews. It's jeanamlore.com forward slash reviews forward slash. Maybe you could put that somewhere. So it's uh, jeanamlore.com. And then you'll see it on my website with all the client testimonials. So um, very easy to find. All right. Um, and one, one more thing. I mean, you, you've been creating content now for a while. Um, you're literally on a podcast with a little bit of uh, some noisy students in the background, but um, I'm sure you've done a number of different podcasts. What was your experience like on this particular show? Well, you know, I really liked your very um, well-produced, like rock star, um, very nice video. I used to be a filmmaker. So I was thinking, dang, that's good. So it was really dynamic. You got it dialed in. You're excited. Um, I don't know what the story is with those kids. Are you a school teacher? Is that what you do? Yeah, I teach high school math. And, and they let you do the podcast while you're teaching? Yeah, well, this is a financial algebra course. So these are high school seniors. They're about to graduate. We, this course is uh, more like life skills. So we get to learn things like how to write tax returns, buy a house, buy a car, all that stuff. Uh, and so part of it is for them to learn that there's another avenue for life as far as having a future it doesn't necessarily have to be the college route because a lot of these kids kind of struggled when it came to school. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the I love to bring the podcast in here so that they can get an opportunity to see other entrepreneurs that are doing things that are maybe not the traditional model. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it opens doors for them, at least mentally, that there are other opportunities out there. I think it's amazing. OK, I, I, I'm all for that. So I'm so pleased that maybe something I said might have inspired them. So this was even better because there was an added bonus for me to do some good. So thank you for having me on here. Of course, of course. And thank you for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, one more time, uh, Jean Omlor, and I'm going to spell it for you guys in case uh, you know, you're know you like me and you, you, you have problems with that. But it's scrolling across the bottom of the screen, www.jeanneomlor.com. It's her name. Go ahead and look it up. Take a look. I mean, we all have clients that we're looking for. And essentially, if we can find those diamond clients, that is the supreme best way to run a business because you'll love doing it every single day. So, Jean, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? 
try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Business Bros!